Today on The Rutledge Perspective, we're talking about clarity in the chaos. And that clarity word seems to be the word of the month because more conversations I have with people, the more things that are going on, that clarity piece really seems to be the thing that's coming up as the foundation of everything that we're all trying to do. And for me, it came up this last week for a number of reasons. So number one, I kind of took, not kind of, I did. I took a knee on Friday and through the weekend. I just needed a minute. I needed a minute to get some of my own clarity back and really remind myself and ground myself. And one of the ways, one of the things I did is spend some time outside getting some real vitamin D with the appropriate sunscreen, um, real vitamin D, playing with my plants. Um, so excited about these peppers. About to lose my cucumbers, which really makes me sad, but I think my peppers are going to survive. And really just spending that time kind of getting grounded again and getting clear. And and what I posted on Monday was really important because it was enlightening. You know, clarity is momentum without resistance. And if you think about when you get really clear, clear on what you want, clear on where you are, clear on what you want to be doing, clear on what you don't want to do or refuse to do, there's such a peace that's there. There's such a calm. It's like you're really in that zone when you're really clear. And so that happened last week. And then I had a number of conversations around with people around where they were trying to go and what they were trying to do and kind of resetting the internal dialogue. And all of the new announcements came out about the CDC mask mandates or lack thereof and everybody who's not vaccinated doesn't have to wear a mask, but if you're vaccinated, you still wear a mask and still social distance. But if you're vaccinated, you don't have to even be separated from people anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot for us to try to figure out how to navigate. And in thinking about that and thinking about the conversations that I had, it again came to that point of clarity. And from a leader's perspective, you know, we talked about communication last week and clarity and communication, and that's important. But leaders also need to start with being really clear about what they're trying to do and why. And each individual leader needs to be really clear about that and why they're doing it, because there's no way to communicate that to someone else if you're not clear. If you don't know what you're doing and why you're doing it and where you're trying to go, how are you going to have someone else be able to get on board and understand what they're supposed to be doing and why they're supposed to be doing it. This whole thing around masks and what we're going to do when people come back to work and forget about the fact about whether or not we're even going to ask people to come back into the office. That's, that's another thing around clarity. But when I think specifically around the masks and whether or not you're going to require masks in your workplace, there is a continuum of things you can do, right? You can absolutely still require masks of everyone. You can mandate vaccines. You can completely open it up and say everyone for themselves, you know, or anything in between, right? Give incentives, all kinds of things. But what's important is that you're really clear on what you're going to ask people to do and why you're going to ask them to do it. And then make sure your behavior is consistent with the words that you're telling people, because that consistency is what is key. That clarity around why you're doing what you're doing is key. Because even if people don't understand it, they know why you're doing it and they're very clear on your reasons, your expected outcomes, etc. So for example, you know, if you think about the mask thing, there is protected health information, right? So you can't go spreading around 
somebody's illness, whether that's mental, physical, whatever, you, you just can't spread that information around. That's protected health information. If you, as an owner of a business or as a chief executive or senior executive of your department or what have you decide, you know, because we want people to have freedom in quotes, freedom, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're not vaccinated, you're required to wear a mask. That sounds really, really good, especially if you haven't taken the time to really think about not only what you want to do and why, but what are all of the potential consequences, both good and bad of that. Because at the end of the day, if you've told people vaccinated, no, not vaccinated, yes, then someone can make an assumption of someone who's coming in and wearing a mask that they are not vaccinated. And based on that assumption, they can treat them differently. They could, you could have claims of harassment or hostile environment or discrimination or all that kind of stuff based on someone's assumed status of vaccination. Plus you're on the honor system, right? So you're expecting people to be really honest about whether they are or are not vaccinated. It's also difficult if you decide to do that because there are people who may have an inability to get vaccinated for whatever reason. It may be religious, it may be medical, there may be other reasons why they just cannot get vaccinated. And so you're putting them in a position where revealing that could put them in a situation that is uncomfortable. Well, that means that you have to balance and get really clear for yourself and for your business as a leader of what are you really trying to do? And we're always trying to mitigate risk, right? You cannot get rid of every risk. Just the fact that you wake up and get out of bed in the morning is a risk. You want to mitigate risk though as much as you can, especially around this pandemic and coronavirus because we know it spreads rapidly. And that whole idea of being able to say, look, here's our decision around masks and social distancing and cleanliness and hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff in our workplace. And this is why we're doing it. We may be continuing to require masks for the next three months or until the fall, until we make sure that maybe more children are able to be vaccinated because we have a number of people with children who haven't been able to be vaccinated yet and they may not be comfortable. We have, we are going to continue to require social distancing because we wanna make sure that if those who are not vac vaccinated are in meetings with those who are, there's still this ability to, to protect ourselves as much as possible. Because there's a fallacy that also says that if you are vaccinated, you cannot get coronavirus, which is not true. And there may have been some people that came out and said it, but the scientists said that's not it. The idea of the vaccination is that, yes, it is preventative and hopefully you don't get it. But if you do, your symptoms should be much less severe. And more importantly, the need to hospitalize and be on a ventilator is minimized significantly by being vaccinated. So even those who are vaccinated, who can now, you know, open and we have an opportunity to open our world a little bit more, still there's no guarantee that you're never going to get sick. It's just like the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine doesn't guarantee you're not going to get the flu. The idea is that your symptoms just won't be as bad. But if you're not clear on what you're asking people to do, what the impact of that ask is and why you're asking them to do it, then when you get challenged, because you will, no matter what decision you make, when you get challenged, you're not gonna be able to respond in a way that is confident, that is consistent, that is aligned with the values of your organization, your personal values, what have you. It's going to be really difficult to do that if you're not clear before you say it. We all have to think on the fly as leaders at some point. You have to just respond to something that you didn't anticipate. 
But if, if you can spend the time really getting clear on some of these really big decisions, that's going to be a critical piece of your confidence in leadership and showing your competence as a leader. Because people who are following you expect you to have at least some answers. They don't expect you to be perfect. And in fact, the best leaders acknowledge that they're not perfect and that there may be additional data they get at a later date, which will require them to change the decision they made at the time. And that's okay. You just say that up front, right? You prepare people up front. You put them on notice up front. And that can alleviate some of the back end stuff that says, you never told me, I didn't know, how come you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But giving yourself that time to get really clear, the gift of clarity is imperative as a leader. Being clear on what you're asking other people to do and why. Being clear on what you're asking yourself to do and why. Being clear on how you're communicating. Being clear on when you're not communicating. Being clear on how you're showing up, if you show up, where you show up, when you show up. All of these things that really get at the crux of who you are as a leader. Remember leader being about behavior, not about position. Getting clear on all of that so that when the things turn upside down, because they always do, nothing stays the same, right? The only thing constant is change. You're not completely taken off guard. If you're clear on your direction, then even if things change, you have an ability to modify your behavior or change direction with additional data that you've gotten. It's that flexibility that comes from clarity. That's really powerful. That whole idea of clarity is momentum without resistance. Momentum without resistance, that peace, that calm, that ability to be in the zone and move clearly, that comes with clarity. That understanding that I know exactly where I'm trying to go and what I'm trying to do. I know how I'm going to do it right now, but I'm also willing to understand and gather additional data as I go along and make minor adjustments if necessary, or completely change direction if necessary, because I still have the end goal in mind. With the example around masks, the end goal is getting people back to work and getting people back to work safely. That's the end goal, right? We also talked about on the radio show this morning, talked about this whole area of unemployment benefits. They're running out in Texas. We're not going to accept any additional in Texas, any additional benefit. And as I talked about last week, there's this narrative that says no one is going back to work because they're just getting too much on unemployment. That's a political argument. That's not a factual argument. That's a political argument. Because while there may be people on the fringes who in fact are getting more through, from unemployment than they were working and who would just as soon do that and not go back to work, there are people like that. I would argue there's a very small percentage, but more likely there are people who, yes, this extra money has really been the game changer for them in order to be able to survive because they have not both been able to go back to work. You know, we've seen how many millions of women are now out of the workforce through the pandemic because they had to do something about healthcare. I mean, uh, childcare, there was no place to take your kids. So she stayed home to make sure that someone was there with the kids. And so when you start making that decision and get really clear, when families get really clear about what they want, that decision may be not to go back. It just may be not to go back. So we can't say that just the unemployment itself is the reason that people aren't going back to work. We've got to get really clear on what is driving people's behavior. Some people took the time during the pandemic to say, you know what, this isn't what I wanted to be doing. This is a perfect time for me to go find something else. It's a perfect time for me to go finish that degree. It's a perfect time for me to gain that additional certification so that I can move into the roles that I've wanted all along and just haven't had the opportunity or the time or the drive to do it. This was an impetus to do some things that were different. 
And oh, by the way, organizations that are complaining that you can't find people and they just want more, they're getting more out of unemployment than they were working for you. Before you just blame the person and say the person just doesn't want to work, how about you look at your pay structure? Because if you're paying people $250 an hour plus tips, they are absolutely making more on unemployment than they were making for working for you. And they could probably find something else somewhere else that may give them flexibility, especially now, what we've learned out of the pandemic around flexibility, that will still pay them a better living wage than what you were paying. So you can't place all the blame on the people you are looking for work. Get really clear on your organization and what you're willing to do and how you're willing to work and what you are willing to sacrifice right now, maybe in terms of profit, in order to get the workforce that you need, in order to support them, in order to pay them, in order to incent them to come back to work. Do you really need to make 75% profit or was 50 okay? Do you need to make 30% profit or is 15 okay? That depends. Are you talking about shareholders? Or are you talking about stakeholders? Because with the shareholder emphasis, getting really clear that with a shareholder emphasis, the issue is on profit. The eye is on profit. Not when you're talking about stakeholders, because stakeholders are not only shareholders, but stakeholders are also employees and customers, right? Vendors, all of those people are stakeholders. And when you think broader about stakeholders, your willingness to do other things that may challenge the status quo, your willingness to do that is a little bit better, a little bit deeper, maybe a little bit stronger. But in order to do any of that, you've got to be really clear on who you are, where you are, what you want, and what you're willing to do to get there. We talk about strategy a lot, or I do talk with people about strategy a lot. And we've got all of these ways to do strategy and companies do strategy planning for months. And it is painful. It's painful. All kinds of charts, all kinds of meetings, all kinds of madness. You need four things. Who am I as a person or an organization? Where am I as a person or an organization in terms of my strategy or my customers or my growth? What do I want? And what do I need to do to get there? That's it. Four questions. Put them on a whiteboard, put them on a piece of paper, put them on sticky notes. You don't need to have 4 million meetings to get to that kind of strategy. Simple, simple, simple. Although they say it takes genius to be simple as opposed to, to be complicated. But that clarity in getting the answers to those four questions enables you to make decisions that are clear enables you to be clear about your why so that those who are following you and relying on you can understand. They still may not agree, but at least they understand. And then they're able to make the kind of decisions they need to make. Families are able to make a decision about how they're going to go back to work or when they're going to go back to work or if they're going to go back to work. It's really comes down to clarity, that foundation of just about everything that we're doing, being really clear, being clear in your communication, being clear in your actions and making sure those things are aligned so that anyone who is looking to you to figure out what to do and where to go knows exactly where you stand. And in that clarity, having enough comfort and enough confidence that if you get additional data that says you need to do something different or pivot a little bit, you are perfectly okay with that because you've actually still got your eyes on the end goal. Because clarity is not about no change. Clarity is not about being stagnant or being rigid. Clarity is about vision. Clarity is about purpose. Clarity is about where you're trying to go in direction. It's about that end goal. It's about that thing you're trying to do, that purpose you're trying to live. 
and how you get there and where you get there and when and all that kind of stuff is all along the path. And if you're really clear on where you're going, then those detours don't derail you. They are simply detours. And that's the Rutledge perspective for this week. What are you doing to really get clear? Are you getting out and putting your hands in the dirt, getting some vitamin D and trying to give yourself some peace? I hope so. I hope you're taking time to really get clear, to be still, to be quiet, to give yourself that gift of understanding where you want to be and how you want to show up. Because when you do that, and then you have enough humility and enough confidence to be able to show that and talk to that, it really helps everyone else who is struggling with exactly the same thing. Cause we're all just trying to get here and figure out how we're going to make it through and do the amazing things that we're put on this earth to do. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your taking some of your time today to listen to me as always, please go out and download, listen. You can find me on your favorite podcast uh, platforms. I really appreciate your spending the time. Take care.